Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friend. Welcome to episode number 208 of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh, life coach, recovering alcoholic, and entrepreneur. And this is a coaching podcast where you get a front row seat to see me in action, in the trenches, overcoming obstacles, trying new things, facing new challenges, and making all the mistakes so I can teach you what works and what doesn't. Today, we're going to talk about that ever-present feeling of stuck. (laughs) This has come up in the Facebook group. We were talking about this a while back. I don't know. It's probably been, I don't know, four or five weeks ago or something we were talking about this. And somebody in there used the word languishing. And I like that word too. Not stuck, but languishing. Like, what the heck am I doing? And somebody else chimed in and go, oh, yeah, I like languishing better. That feels better. Are you feeling stuck? I wouldn't be surprised if most of you are nodding your head yes to this question because these past two years have been super challenging for everyone. And when forces outside your control place limitations on your life, it can make it really easy to fall into a rut. And when I was researching this episode, I found a couple of good things and a quote for sure that I'm going to share by this author that I really liked. But according to the World Health Organization, the prevalence of depression and anxiety has in by that is least 25% since March of 2019. I'll tell you the only thing that surprised me by that is they said March of 2019 when the world fell apart in 2020, right? So this was happening even before coronavirus. Like this was already, this stuck sort of feeling of depression, anxiety was already starting to happen. And no wonder we're all feeling a bit stuck. You know, today we're going to dive into the rut and look at why we're there. And also, we're going to talk about how to start pulling ourselves out of the rut, right? Getting unstuck, as we say. And the first thing I want to talk about is, you know, it can sometimes be challenging to determine if you are in a rut or if your feelings are tied to something else that's happening in your life or in your mind. So let me get into that a little bit more. In general, I like to think about a rut like this. If someone asked you how something was going, right? Like, how's your life going or your meal plan, your job, your relationship, whatever. How is whatever going? And your honest answer is something like, meh, whatever. (laughs) That's a rut, right? Like, there's no enthusiasm. You're not feeling great about anything. That's a rut. That's stuck. And this isn't uncommon, just to be clear. 
I don't get up every day and jump out of bed on fire to do hours of work on the computer and editing and all the things I have to do to keep this train on the tracks. I don't look forward to every little thing I do every day. Sometimes, especially the things I don't enjoy so much, like photo shoots, one of my least favorite things, sometimes those things can feel kind of dreadful, you know, (laughs) and they get me in a place of anxiety. And I definitely don't look forward to a photo shoot, I promise you. But I feel like a rut is a little bigger than that. And I like the word languishing because I feel like that is an accurate feeling word to describe it, just languishing. So maybe you're struggling to see where a particular part of your life is headed, especially for those of us with anxiety, because we love to think about the future and freak out about all the imaginary scenarios that we make up in our heads and we future trip, right? Oh my gosh, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if they say this? What if they do this? What if, what if, what if? And we freak out about all this stuff that is not even real. When you lack direction, you lack action. And when you lack action, you languish because you're not doing anything. You languish, and usually you're languishing in fear. Something I really want you to get about this particular issue is that you have to do something. It doesn't have to be the right thing but you have to start somewhere. And you've heard me talk about this before also in, you know, figuring things out by subtraction. When I say you have to do something, like do something, try something, just see what happens because that's how you also start to understand what doesn't work or what you don't like, what you don't want to do. But if you just sit there endlessly and think about it and think and think and overthink and future trip and you don't take any action, then you're not figuring anything out. You're not figuring out what might work and what doesn't work. You're not figuring any of it out. And that's when you're stuck in that fear. Let's say you're struggling with loneliness. You're feeling a little disconnected. You don't have a ton of friends you're hanging with right now. You haven't been connecting with your family so much. Maybe you are unsure how they'll respond to you not drinking, or you don't want to talk about it, or maybe there's something else you don't want to talk about. (laughs) So you've separated yourself a bit. A little avoidance used to be one of my favorite things. It still can be, (laughs) but so maybe you've separated yourself a little bit and now you're feeling that sense of loneliness and you're disconnected and it's making you a little bit sad If you want to combat the loneliness, you have to take an action of some sort. Text a friend that you haven't seen for a while, or even better, text someone you know is going through a hard time right now. Reach out and be kind and supportive. Be of service to that person. It doesn't mean that that's going to solve all your lonely problems, but it's a start. Next, you could reach out to one of your favorite people who you love hanging with and schedule a coffee date on a Saturday morning or breakfast. You have to do something. 
You don't have to have all the answers and know the next 20 steps of the equation. You just have to take the very next step. Then you can think about the one after that. Take the step in front of you, then you can worry about the next one. Let's say you want a new job. Then take a small action. Start working on your resume. It doesn't require calling anyone or applying for a job or anything. Just start updating your resume. You can Google how to spruce up your resume for job hunting in 2022 and get into action. Once you do that, then you can start looking into job hunting in 2022 and what to know and how to go about it. It's those little small actions that will lead you to the right place. It's also those small actions that will help you build your confidence. In taking those little tiny steps, you start to feel stronger with each of those steps. So the big daunting things that really overshadow you and keep you stuck, you know, like in the job scenario, the big daunting thing is probably like interviewing. I've never had a real job, so I've I've done very little interviewing in my life, but I have watched three friends in the last year like go through this process and it's grueling. Like I have no idea how you guys do it. And to be honest, I think these companies should be a little ashamed of themselves. <laughs> Some of their interview processes, like the hoops they have you jump through and the things they have you do, it is insanity. And I totally understand that feeling daunting. So you don't think about that thing that's daunting, right? Just take the next little step and the next little step after that. And as you're taking those little steps, you're building your confidence in feeling better about yourself, which then allows you to be able to face the daunting thing when you get there. I had this exact same experience when I decided to go to college. I didn't know anything about college. I had been out of school for 20 years. I was 37 when I went to college and I didn't know anything about college. I had never even considered college before. <laughs> so I had no idea. I didn't know what I wanted to do, what I wanted my major to be. I had no idea. My saving grace was I figured out there was a process. It wasn't just like the next morning I had to show up at class, right? There was a process. So I was like, okay, first thing I have to do is apply. So let me see what that looks like. And luckily, I could do it online. Now, I'm going to tell you, this sounds silly, but especially at that time in my life, because it's a long time ago, 13 years ago, at that time in my life, I'm not sure I would have had the courage to actually walk into the campus, to walk in the building and fill out an application, like ask somebody, I, I need an application, answer questions. Like, I don't think I could do that at that time. So thank goodness I Googled it and I could do it online. It was a savior for me <laughs> to be able to do that step online. And once I got it done, I felt so much better. I was like, okay, wow. Now I'm in the process. Let's see what happens. And then I thought, okay, the next step is going to be 
if they tell me to F off or if they tell me I can go to school there. Now, this was a community college and I think they have to take everybody, right? So I wasn't going to get told to F off. But of course, in my head, I figured they, you know, there'd be some extenuating circumstance or some reason that they would tell me to F off and not anybody else because that's how our brains work. So <laughs> that was the next step in the process. So after I did the application, I was like, okay, well, now I just have to kind of sit here for a minute and see if it takes two days, three days, a week for them to get back to me. But you see what I'm saying? It was just one tiny step into the next tiny step. And while I was waiting, I started looking at what classes I might want to take. I didn't start thinking about my major or my degree or what job I wanted because that was a hundred steps down the line. I didn't need to think about all that in that moment. I just thought, okay, maybe I'll take a couple of classes that I know I will enjoy just to see if I can do it because I didn't know if I would even be capable of doing college. So it's like, let me just pick a couple of things that are prerequisites, but that I know that I will like. And let me just see if I'll like them. So then I got my email that said, yes, you're in. They didn't tell me to F off. And then I was like, okay, maybe I'll just try these two classes. And I picked things I was already good at, psychology and what do they call it? Comp. (laughs) Comp one, where you write papers all the time. Because I was a great writer, because I've been an avid reader since I was literally four years old. I think I started reading books at four. So that was it. But you see what I'm saying? It's step by step, little actions. When I got that email and they said I was accepted, the level of excitement I had was one of the greatest excitements I've felt in my life. The most simple thing. But you want to talk about a confidence builder and really getting some momentum to then face the next steps, it was the most simple thing. But if I never would have taken the first step of figuring out the application process, I never would have gotten to that email. And I never would have then felt better and stronger and more capable to take the next steps. So just take the next steps. Don't worry about the big picture. Just do something. And I've talked to you guys before too. Remember, I did an episode about this, like happiness by subtraction. And you try new things. And I've talked to you about trying new things to build on my hobbies. Like I like to try new things. I love to learn, period. I want to know everything on the planet. Almost everything fascinates me. I'm interested and I want to know more about it, everything. So I like to check things out and see if I like them. I like to try stuff. So several years ago, I tried photography, and I've told you guys this story. I actually thought I would really enjoy photography because I have some weird fascination with it. (laughs) Like I think it's very cool. It is an amazing skill to have, and I just think it's super cool. But I did it a few times, and I just didn't embrace it. It was too technical. I couldn't remember all the stuff, and... I wanted to do it as a hobby, not as a job, so I couldn't spend enough time doing it to do it well and to remember all the technical stuff, right? So it just didn't stick. So I left it behind and that's it. The point is you have to try things, take action. It doesn't have to be the right thing. 
It doesn't have to work out or go your way all the time. When things don't work out, you just take them off the list like I did with photography. Like, all right, cool. I did it a few times. Didn't work out. Great. Let's try something new. Sometimes also when you're really feeling stuck, your little little creative well (laughs) feels bone dry. You may be thinking like, oh my God, I need a vacation. I need something to happen. And you feel like if you could change something, you'd be happier. The problem is most people are more comfortable staying the same, right? We talk about this comfort zone, (laughs) this little unhealthy comfort zone that we build. This feeling can apply to your whole life. You might feel run down all the time and unmotivated. And like I said, it feels like all the days are just blurring together. And it can be hard to decipher what's really going on. Like, this is a question I get asked all the time. It's like, how do you know if you're just in a rut or if you're just bored? And it's a fair question because they both feel very similar. Sometimes your career will have months of monotony, right? Like you're doing the same thing over and over again. Or we get stuck working on a project that isn't interesting to us personally, right? It's not personally inspiring to you. You aren't challenged or stimulated. You're kind of just going through the motions. Or with your partner, you have moments of feeling annoyed by your partner and wish you were single again. Or you find that 7 a.m. hot yoga class you signed up for, and when you're in there in your 20th freaking downward dog, you want to gouge your eyes out. (laughs) I know that's not very zen, but we all go through that. Sometimes there's so many damn downward dogs in yoga. I'm like, geez, are we doing anything else today? They're like, downward dog. And I'm like, again? But it's so normal to feel some of that kind of monotony, right? Doing the same thing over and over again. So what determines the difference between an actual rut and boredom, I think, is the amount of effort it will take to extract yourself from it, right? To extract yourself from the rut or the boredom. If your problem can be solved by switching from yoga to Pilates, then you're probably just bored. If you can reignite the romance with your partner by spending a few nights watching what you want on Netflix and setting aside date nights, then that's not much of a rut, right? It's probably just some boredom. But if your problem feels insurmountable or like it will take too many steps to overcome and those steps feel overwhelming, so overwhelming you can't even get started, well, that's stuck in a rut. And finding a new job is significantly more complex than telling your boss that maybe you'd like to be taken off a particular team after this project is completed or feeling tired of a specific workout routine is different than not wanting to do anything but lay on the couch. And feeling like you won't ever truly be happy with your partner is different than just a period of staleness. And the same goes for general personal growth, you know, a what do I do now kind of rut. If you have ideas but just haven't moved forward, you're likely just a little bored and uninspired. But if you're feeling wholly 
stagnant and trapped, not liking how you're being in your life, you're probably stuck in a rut. And regardless of what you're stuck on, (laughs) what the issue is, and regardless of how you ended up stuck in the rut, there's one thing keeping you there. And that's certainty. This is where we're back at the comfort zone. Humans are wired to avoid pain. And a rut becomes this little, not pain-free, but it's this little safe comfort zone. It's not pleasant. It's not inspiring or exciting, but it's safe. You know exactly what to expect in that comfort zone of a rut. And that's the glue that keeps you stuck there. This is the same thing we talk about with drinking and continuing to drink even when you don't want to anymore. Because continuing to do the same thing, staying in that comfort zone, provides you with certainty. You know exactly how it's going to feel, what's going to happen. You know how to do it. Nothing is uncertain in that comfort zone. Leaving the rut or the comfort zone is scary. You know that little comfort zone really well. You know that rut. You've made a little bed down there and you can count on being able to curl up in it and feel nice and safe regardless of what's going on outside of it. Because outside the rut is a host of unknowns. What if I fail? What if I'm wrong? What if I make the wrong choice? What if there's a an even worse, more uncomfortable rut than this? What if I end up there? The certainty in your little comfort zone of a rut is appealing. Yeah, I'm out of shape, but I don't have to worry about being humiliated at the gym. Yeah, I hate my job, but I could do it with my eyes closed and I have a steady income. Yeah, I feel like I'm not improving myself anymore, but this is good enough. We're really good at rationalizing and justifying staying the same. We're really good at hiding the truth about our fears and excuses. We don't have time. You don't have the energy. You can't afford it. You have other things you're focusing on right now, or I'll worry about that next year. Behind all the excuses we tell ourselves and others (laughs) is the same truth. We're afraid of what is outside the comfort zone. If we start crawling out of the rut It becomes unknown and uncertain. So what do you do? How do you get unstuck? I mean, we already talked about a few things, especially in just taking the first step, just do something rather than doing nothing. But once you've identified that you're in a rut, you're stuck, and you have decided that what's on the other side of the rut is more appealing than the comfort of the rut, then you're ready to begin figuring it out. Remember when I said, I said this on another podcast, 
a few podcasts ago, I think, you change when the pain of changing is less frightening than the pain of staying the same. So when you get to that place that what's on the other side of the comfort zone, what's at the other side of pulling yourself out of that rut, when what's on the other side is less frightening and that pain of change feels better because the pain of staying the same is too much, that's when you're going to take action in anything. Drinking, weight loss, changing jobs, changing partners, selling a house, buying a new house, whatever the thing is. When the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change, that's when you change. And I have good news for you. The best first step is recognizing where you are and understanding you need to do something. Acknowledging the problem is the first step in getting out of a rut. Give yourself some grace. Forgive yourself for not noticing or not moving forward more quickly. Getting stuck in a rut is just part of being a human being. And you're not any less capable because you're feeling stuck. That doesn't change your level of ability just because you're feeling stuck. Sometimes when you find yourself stuck, you discover you've fallen behind on things. If you are stuck in a rut with work, you maybe have been doing the minimum, you know, the bare minimum needed to just keep moving along, being a cog in the wheel. If you're in a relationship rut, maybe you've lost contact with your friends and your family or you've been putting off addressing difficult conversations with your partner. If you're in a rut with your personal growth, maybe you've neglected the things that you know contribute to your success, like seeking out challenges and feeling stimulated, or finding a community and being connected. And it can feel overwhelming to acknowledge like all the things that it may take to get unstuck. So ease that process. Like I said, just do the next thing. Break it down into steps that can be managed with minimal frustration and overwhelm. Like I said a few minutes ago, find a new job is a daunting task. And that's part of the reason you'll stay curled up in your rut. Because it's daunting and it feels daunting and overwhelming. But if you break it down like, hmm, why don't I just update my LinkedIn profile or ask a friend to edit my resume or sign up for new job alerts on job listing websites, just see what's going on in the job market. Like if you break it down into those little bitty things, then you're kind of getting in the groove and you're just seeing what's up, but it's not daunting at all. Same thing with working on personal growth. What the heck does that even mean, by the way? (laughs) But um, read a self-help book or sign up to volunteer or Google most popular personal growth struggles. These very simple things may be enough to get your inspiration and motivation back in gear again. Once you start to see the light at the end of the rut, (laughs) then you'll feel better. You like it and you start to build some momentum. 
It's important to remember, too, as you take steps to leave the languishing behind, that some action is better than perfect action. Don't screw around trying to figure out the perfect thing or act like you can't try something and change your mind because it will stop your progress and make you feel overwhelmed. When I was thinking about trying out photography, I didn't sit and stress out about it and go, oh my God, if this isn't perfect, if this isn't the perfect thing, it's the end of the world. If I don't love this and turn it into my career, my life is over, right? Like it doesn't work that way. Just try. If you don't like it, change your mind. We're all allowed to change our mind. You're allowed to pivot. You're allowed to change course. You're allowed to change your mind. So don't worry about perfect. Don't worry about it being right. And don't just throw your hands up and decide it's all over because you made one mistake. You know, like you snap at someone you love and then you go, oh my God, I will never handle stress better. Then you just feel terrible about yourself, right? It's not that you'll never handle stress better. You had a misstep. That's okay. You made a mistake. Okay, great. Go make amends. Shut up, get over yourself and go say you're sorry. I'm, you know what? I'm really sorry I snapped at you. It was out of line. I didn't mean to. I'm short-tempered today and I apologize. It's just that simple. It's okay to make a mistake. Just clean up the mess. But don't decide that you're never going to be better because one thing doesn't go your way. Then you're just going to feel bad about yourself. If you don't try something simple just because you talk yourself out of it, telling yourself it's probably a stupid waste of time, then you're also making a choice to stay in the comfort zone of the rut. Treat yourself with kindness. Be flexible. I want to read you this quote too. Um, this is an author from, he's a behavior analyst at Stanford University, and he wrote a book called Tiny Habits, The Small Changes That Change Everything. His name's BJ Fogg, and he talks about that self-compassion and that inner voice, like changing the narrative in our heads to be a voice that is supportive is crucial in adopting change, right? In really creating change in your life. And we talk about this all the time, the committee, that's that inner voice. That's that constant chatter in your head, the committee and working to shift the committee to be more kind and supportive is huge. Like I've always known that personally, but I loved that I came across this guy again, his name's BJ Fogg. And that he talks about exactly this. He also says that celebrating when we accomplish even the tiniest task that's moving us closer to our goal is instrumental in driving actual change that will last. So here's the quote. As you make these changes and feel successful, the way you think about yourself starts to change. Your identity starts to change. So you begin to think, oh, I'm the kind of person who tidies up, or I'm the kind of person who meditates, or I'm the kind of person who reads. Even if it's just super tiny, 
as you start thinking of yourself in those ways, you find other opportunities to tidy up or meditate or read. So the habit naturally propagates to other parts of your life. You guys, I feel like we talk about this on almost every episode. (laughs) And this is huge. And when he put those examples of, oh, I'm the type of person, I'm the kind of person that does whatever. I remember years ago, one of my first periods of my life that I started working out all the time and really working out the correct way and eating well, doing the whole thing. And I used to work out six days a week and it was a a different thing than what I do now. But I remember having that thought. I remember one day as I was sitting down putting my sneakers on, I had that thought that's like, oh my gosh, I'm the type of person that goes to the gym every day. I'm one of those people. And the significance of that is I had built up so much insecurity and I had always felt apart from those type of people. Well, I'm not like those people. I'm not as good as those people that go to the gym all the time. I'm not one of them. Like something was wrong with me that I couldn't just get off my lazy ass and go to the gym because it really was just sheer laziness. Certainly at that stage of my life, it was just lazy. But I had built this thing up like something was wrong with me. I was less than because I wasn't one of those people, the elusive those people. (laughs) But I remember having that thought. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm the person that goes to the gym every day. And it was such a huge shift and a huge shift in my self-confidence. It was crazy. The same logic applies to pulling yourself out of a rut. With each rung of the ladder you climb, you're telling yourself, I'm the kind of person who seeks change in my life. I'm the kind of person that takes a small step instead of taking no steps. I'm the kind of person who's willing to look my fear in the face and do the damn thing anyway. That's the kind of person I am. And you start to feel good about yourself, right? And you build some momentum. One great trick for getting out of a rut is to bring someone else in on it, right? Let somebody else know that you're trying. If you're struggling with the job, talk to a colleague that you trust or a mentor and let them know what's going on. Like, I'm really struggling with this. If you're having a personal struggle, call a friend and talk to him about it. You don't have to do this stuff alone. It's so huge to get an outside perspective, right? Because so often we sit and we're trapped in our perception of what's happening. And if I'm just sitting back spending quality time between me and the crazy ass committee, and that's where I'm getting my perspective, (laughs) then I'm in big trouble because we will twist things up and blow it out of proportion and make it crazy and insurmountable. And we will rationalize and justify every bad behavior. Like I cannot sit in my stuff by myself. I have to get an outside perspective. And so often my clients talk to me and they're like, oh my gosh, I never thought about it like that. 
I'm like, of course, because you created your scenario in your head and you just ran with that. You're not even open to other things, right? So something as simple as talking to a friend and saying, you know what? I'm really struggling in my relationship right now. Like I'm feeling unhappy. I'm not necessarily proud of my own behavior in my relationship. I've had thoughts of ending my relationship. Like I'm not sure what's going on with me. And your friend can go, oh my God, I know exactly what you're talking about. I went through this in my relationship last year or whatever. And you can get a whole different perspective. And that's how you learn about yourself and learn who you are and learn how to be better. You don't have to do this alone. Reach out to people and your people will love to support you. And from outside the rut, when you're reaching out to your people, they're outside the rut. So they have a way better view of what's really going on than you have being stuck in the rut. Also, they may know, like on the job thing, you start talking to somebody like, oh, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that. I'm thinking about getting a new job or maybe applying for this promotion, even within the same company, like whatever the thing is. When you're talking to somebody Well, they might know of something. You might talk to a colleague or a mentor, your coach, whatever, and they may say like, oh my gosh, I know this opportunity. Like somebody was just telling me the other day, this company's hiring. Let me connect you. Or you might be talking to your friend that might offer to join you at the yoga class for to do 200 downward dogs. Or they might have a great book suggestion that helps you pull through a tough time. Don't do it alone when you don't have to. And really, you know, the most critical thing in getting out of a rut or avoiding getting in a rut is it just is practice. It just requires practice and being introspective. When you get stuck in a rut, you get stuck on some plateau in your life, you get really good at only seeing the limitations. You get really good at only seeing all of the what won't work, why it won't work. Are you one of those people too? This is really hard for me when I say like you're, you have a problem for every solution. And I have a lot of people like this. I work with a lot of clients that start like this. Now, listen, after we've been working together a while, they're getting better at not being like this. But every single thing I will offer, their first response will be why it won't work. I'll be like, oh, well, have you thought of this thing or that thing? Or have you tried this? Well, yeah, I mean, I've thought about it, but that won't work for me because blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, I tried it five years ago and it just really wasn't my thing. That just wasn't for me. Like everything is just why it won't work. Or, you know, I'm so big on gratitude. I will always turn everything to gratitude and something challenging is going on. I'll be like, oh, wow, I bet you're so grateful that you could take the time off or whatever the thing is. And they'll be like, oh yeah, but, and they turn it immediately back to the negative, just negative, negative, negative. It won't work. I can't do it. These are the limitations, limitations, limitations. When you're stuck in a rut, you get really good at only seeing the limitations and what won't work and why it's a lost cause. And it takes practice and being able to check yourself to to figure that stuff out and to not do it as much, right? 
when you get introspective, look inward, then you can just think like, okay, what's important to me? What do I want? What brings me joy? What makes me feel fulfilled? And these aren't always easy questions to answer, but once you begin addressing them, you'll become more rut-proof, <laughs> whatever that is. You'll be able to more quickly and easily see when a situation or relationship doesn't align with where you want to be in your life. And you can step out before you drop all the way to the bottom of the rut. It's also essential to practice doing things. Take risk. Risk Risk-taking gets a bad rap. But if you're not taking a chance with things that are detrimental to your health and well-being, then you can't grow and evolve as a human. You have to take risk. Try things. Risk not liking it. (laughs) Risk it not being the right thing. Like, who cares? Like, you're fine. Making bold decisions can increase your confidence and give you more opportunities to see what you're really capable of and to see that things will be okay even if they don't have a perfect outcome. You will be okay. And the next time you find yourself feeling stuck, you'll be more likely to see the situation with a fresh perspective instead of giving up before you even try. It's important to acknowledge here too when a rut is more than just a temporary state of mind you can work to improve, right? The feeling of, the feeling of being in a rut for an extended period of time can definitely be an indicator that there's something more serious going on. If that feeling permeates all areas of your life and it's ongoing for months and you really can't shake it, then make sure you reach out and get some help because it might be something more serious than just a rut. Get support through your primary care physician or reach out to your therapist. We all deserve to feel good. And sometimes we can't do that on our own, right? So the next little step, if you're feeling like this is more like a depression and not just a stuck in a rut, then the next step is going to be to reach out to somebody and go, okay, I'm in this spot and this is how it feels and I'm at a loss. I'm not really sure what to do next, but this feels bad and I need some help figuring out how to feel better, right? That would be your next little step. And again, just start with your primary care or if you have a therapist, start there. And feeling stuck is it is a very common experience, but it's also extremely frustrating. And while you may want to ignore it, (laughs) right, you only get peace of mind when you figure it out. Have you heard that saying, the only way through it is through it? We can't avoid it, ignore it, go around it. You have to figure out how to work through it. That's how you get peace of mind. Learn the lesson and kick its ass. And thankfully, you have all the tools to help you and you don't have to do it alone. 
And you can start not being alone by joining us in the Facebook group. And you can find that on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Addiction Unlimited. Or when you're on Facebook, just search Addiction Unlimited and the group should pop right up. I hope you are having a fantastic day and I will see you next week. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.